Thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Preston Ulmer. I was actually here last year. Hey, it's good to see a lot of people. Um, a lot of people that are waving, saying hi. I don't remember your names, all of you, but come say hi to us afterwards. Um, I'm a director with Church Multiplication Network, and I just want to say thank you for letting us be here. Um, to Dr. Graham and to the whole staff and faculty, thank you, thank you. Listen, church planting, think of it like this. If you have a desire to see a fresh expression of Jesus in a community, that's called church planting, okay? And so if you go, wow, that that really resonated with me, well, what Travis Jones is going to talk about might resonate with you even more, and before you know it, you might be interested in church planting. If you are, I would encourage you to sign up for a thing called CMNU. CMNU is an online cohort, young leaders cohort that we do, where we just introduce you to church planners around the nation, and we help you discover what is God asking you to do, who are you, those sort of things, and just go to cmnu.net to do that. Uh, but let me introduce Travis Jones. Travis planted a church in Virginia, and the, church, the name of the church is Motivation Church. Now, here's, here's what's true about Motivation Church. It motivates you to live for Jesus, and here's what's true about Travis. What you see on stage and when you say, man, I, I want to get to know Travis, then when you get to know Travis, you go, man, I, I just wish I could be Travis's best friend uh, because he does know how to motivate you to love Jesus more. So can you give it up for our speaker, Travis Jones? All right, bro. Let's go! What's up, North Central? Hey, it's so good to be here. It's truly an honor. Thank you to Dr. Graham and all the staff here at this amazing school. Hey, quick story. Uh, when I, I'm from Miami, Florida. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. When I graduated high school, uh, North Central was in my top three schools that I was going to go to. And the only thing that scared me away was the cold weather. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but anyway, it's so good to be here. My name is Travis. Uh, my, my wife, Brittany, man, she really wanted to be here. Been married for about 10 years. I got, we got two beautiful daughters, uh, Jada and Jalen. And, uh, man, we, we, uh, two years ago, my wife and I, we, uh, we, God put a dream in our heart to, to start a church. I didn't feel equipped at all. I didn't think, man, God can use me. I was a youth pastor for many years. I traveled and spoke in different places for many years. And so I never thought that God can use me. As a church planner, I thought I had to be all studious to be a lead pastor and, and wear thick glasses and, uh, and, uh, and study for long hours and things like that. But I, I didn't realize that God can use anybody to start a church. Um, and, uh, but I want to share with you way more and bigger about church planning, about a word that God put on my heart. Um, it's found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. And uh, if, if you could put that uh, scripture on the screen for me, I'm going to read this scripture to you all and um, we see what God has to say. Is that cool? Are y'all with me, y'all? Hey, so I'm one of those type of preachers where you don't just stare at me. I need y'all to talk back, all right? Is that cool? Cool. All right, cool. Good deal. <laughs> so Acts chapter 9, we're going to start at verse, uh, let's start at verse 10, and uh, we'll, we'll go on until I stop. How, how about that? Ver, verse 10 through 18. Here we go. Um, it says this. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord told him to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street for, for, uh, uh, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, 
He's seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to him to restore his sight. And verse 13 says, the Lord, Lord, answered Ananias, I have heard many reports about this man, about the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on the name of the Lord. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for this is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentile and to the kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias then went to the house and entered it and placing his hands on Saul. And he said, brother Saul, the, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road um, that you were coming here, uh, he has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, immediately something like scales fell from the eyes of Saul, and he could see again. And he got up, he was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Father, for the next few moments, would you speak to your people, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, cool, guys. So here in this, this text, this is a, a, a passage of scripture where, you know, there, there are people um, that, that were afraid of uh, this guy named Saul. Saul uh, eventually became Paul, and Paul was a person who uh, we, we all love, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's given us biblical theology, pastoral theology. He's teaching us how to engage with uh, lost people. He has planted many churches around the world. And, but prior to uh, uh, Paul being Paul, his name was Saul. And Saul went out, uh, and uh, his number one job was to find anyone who called on the name of Jesus and who worshiped Jesus and who proclaimed Jesus. And he was supposed to bring them before the high priest, and they can, uh, they can have a charge against them. And so we see in previous chapters in the book of Acts where, where, where Saul, he, he got the deacon Stephen and uh, put him before the high priest and therefore led to Stephen being uh, uh, killed and, and persecuted. And, and uh, so Paul was, was someone, um, someone prior to being Paul, Saul was someone who was just anti-church, anti-God, didn't have nothing to do with God. And, uh, and, and we, we, know, we know that Saul was, was a person who was anti-God, but the crazy part is he was going to this other city to do the same thing. And while Saul was chasing after God's people, God was chasing after Saul. And, and eventually, God catches up to Saul, and he looks at Saul, and he says, hey, what are you doing? Don't you know, like, when you hurt my people, you're hurting me? And I, I just love that one part of the scriptures to know that whenever you walk through pain, no matter when, whenever you walk through lonely nights, no matter you, whenever you walk through confusion or anything in your life, just know that God feels what you're feeling. And, and so uh, he put scales over, over, over Saul's, Saul's eyes, and the Bible says that he was blind and he couldn't see at all. So he has to feel his way to, this, to Damascus because that's what blind people do. They're, they're led by their feelings. And, and so for the first time in Saul's life, he is experiencing physically what he's always been spiritually. Like he, he's, always, he's always been blind, blinded by legalism, blinded by religion, 
blinded by routine and blinded by all these different things. And so for the first time, he's experiencing physically what he's always been, been spiritually. And, and so Saul is blind and he goes to this home that is home by himself and he's isolated. He's by himself inside this random room at his random house and no one knows who he is. And, uh, and, and he's blind and he's all by himself. And then in comes the scene, the star of the text that I want to talk to you about today. This random guy named Ananias. We know nothing about Ananias. We don't know where he come from. We don't know his family background. We don't know what he was gifted in. We don't know his personality. We don't know his Enneagram number. We know nothing at all about Ananias. But, but here's the deal. I think the reason why God didn't give us any details about Ananias, because sometimes like when we read certain characteristics of people in the Bible, we disqualify ourselves. And Ananias is a random person that you could put your name on as well, because I, I want to let you know that God can call and use anybody. So like Ananias could be somebody who had a mental health problem or maybe Ananias could be somebody who didn't come from a, a perfect family. Or maybe Ananias could be like me who came from a single parent home, didn't meet my dad till I was in 10th grade, and, and, and just didn't really have a, a, a solid structure that I came from. And so we don't know who Ananias is, we don't know his history or anything like that, so God calls Ananias. And his response to God was something amazing. Like, he didn't say, like, yes, Lord, with a question mark at the end of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like depending on God, what you say, I might do it. Depending on where you tell me to go, I might go. But he says, yes, Lord. And I believe that God is looking for a generation of people who's going to say, yes, Lord, even before God tells you where to go, what to say, and what to do. Come on, somebody. And, and so he says, he says, yes, Lord. And, and I just love his response. And I remember when God first called my wife and I to plant a church in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I, I just, my, my response wasn't like Ananias. I started to talk to God and say, God, don't you know that like, I'm not qualified. Don't you know I'm just like one of those speakers, but I can't be in the background doing all the admin stuff of a lead pastor. I can't really build a team. I got to ask a whole bunch of people to raise a lot of money, and, and there's just no way I can do it. And I realized that sometimes, like, when God calls you, like, you just got to say yes and allow God to figure out the rest, y'all. Come on, somebody. So anyway, so... Um, so my wife and I, we, we, we planted our church two years ago, and man, Motivation Church, we've seen God do amazing things just off us saying yes. And Ananias was this random disciple that he uses, and, uh, and, and so he calls Ananias, and he tells Ananias, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to uh, this guy named Saul, and uh, I want you to lay hands on him, and he's going to regain his sight, and he's going to be walking into the new family of God. And, and if I was Ananias, I would have be, been asking God all type of questions, y'all. Like, so you want me, a Christian, to go talk to somebody who hates people like me and kill people like me? Like, nah, God, you talk to the wrong person, God. Come on, somebody. And I would have been asking God, so God, is he blind or blind blind? So I can go pray for him and him not see me and I'd be out of there. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would have been doing all type of stuff, man. If God called me, like, to, to have Ananias or have Saul come to my church... I would have told Saul, hey, come to our fifth service. You'll be the only one there, but come on, somebody. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and, and but, but Ananias, he says yes to God. Despite the fear, despite the unknown, despite him not being the most qualified person. You know, I remember I was in high school and I, I, I ran like track. So anybody, any former track people or athletes in here? So I, I ran track. 
And one of my favorite, one of my, one of my events I ran was hurdles. So I remember I was, in a, I was, in a, I was a freshman, and, and they asked me at the end of the freshman JV year to go hang out at the varsity team and just learn from them. And, you know, I won't run I'm just going to learn from them. So one particular a district championship, we go to uh, hang out um, and just to watch the varsity team run at this district championship. It's a tropical Park, South Miami, Florida. It's on a Friday night. The lights are bright. It's a, the stands are packed. It's an amazing uh, atmosphere. And so we're getting off the bus, and I got my jump shoot on, and, uh, and I'm not running, you know, and me and the other freshmen are hanging out in the back of the bus, and we get off the bus. And as we're getting off the bus, the athletic director comes to our coach and says, hey, coach, your, your senior hurdler can't run because he didn't meet the 2.5 GPA requirement. So it didn't really matter because we have a senior and a junior that was over me in the hurdles. And so we're warming up, and no lie, in the first warm-up we did, the, our junior person pulls his calf muscle. And the next warm-up we did, no lie, our, our, our sophomore guy pulls a groin muscle. So get you coach calls to run that race today. Come on, somebody. So, so my coach told me, Jones, get in the blocks. I said, coach, no, those guys are faster than me hurt, than me healthy. Have them run the race. And coach says, Joan, get in the blocks. I told coach, I wasn't even ready. I didn't even put lotion on that morning, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and and, and for, all my, for all my white brothers and sisters, that means my knees were white. Just by the way, come on, somebody. So, so anyways, I said, coach, I'm not ready at all. And, and, go, and coach says, Jones, get in the blocks. So I get in the blocks. I said, coach, you made a bad decision. We're going to lose this district championship because of what you said and this decision you made. So I get into the blocks, and the attendant says, on your mark, get set. And everybody false started. So we get back in again. And, and, and again, uh, on your mark, get set. And again, everyone false started. But that time, I didn't false start. In the state of Florida, if you false start two times, you're disqualified from a race. So guess who won the race that day? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all. Hey, I, I run that race against people who eventually went on to run in the Olympics, who had scholarships to the University of Miami, scholarships to the University of Florida State. But it didn't matter at all because all you got to do is get in the box. And I think that some of you, your yes to God, your yes to God is dependent on who's next to you. And your yes to God is depending on your ability. But your yes towards God is only a response to obedience to him. And when you get in the blocks and say yes to God and allow God to do the rest, I'm telling you what, it don't matter who you are, where you come from, your disabilities, God can use you. And one day I just said yes. And we launched a church two years ago. I remember there was a story of, of our church plant in, uh, in, in South Richmond, Virginia, and a uh, really eclectic city, growing city. I remember we, 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 we had a story of this young, this young guy who was a, a young father who, uh, uh, who was about to walk away from his family. And his wife convinced him to come because of our kids' ministry, and he comes. And the night before, he, he's hanging out with his friends. He said, I'm going to this little crazy little startup church uh, that's meeting at a school, and we'll see what, what happens, whatever. And he comes, and the Holy Spirit touches his life. And forever changed because of a yes. And I'm not sure what God is asking each of you. Some of you, it could be church planning. Some of you, it's pretty going to the medical field, being a teacher. And I, I know that some of you, you are, you, are as, you are thinking about your yes based off of your gifting. 
And in a culture where we have Instagram and Facebook, we want to compare ourselves to the next preacher or the next teacher or the next worship leader. Or if this can I sing this good or can I act this good or can I dress this good? And we're always trying to qualify our yes because God could have used anybody in that day. I mean, God chose to use random Ananias, but he could have used Apollos of that day, who was one of the greatest orators of the gospel at that time. He could have used Peter because if Peter, if, if, Paul wanna, if Saul want to fight somebody, you know Peter's a gangster, y'all. Well, I mean, Peter could have been fighting back with them. He could have used John, who was, who was so, close to, so close to Jesus, but he chose to use a random, random, unknown, unnamed disciple named Ananias. Here's why. Because he wants you to know that he can use you. No matter where you come from or who you are, he's calling us to say yes to God. So the Bible says that he says yes to God, and, 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 and the text says that he, he leaves his house, and, and he goes out, and he knocks on the door, and some other guy answers the door. He said, is this guy named Saul here? He said, yeah, he's been in the back. And there are three things I believe that, that Ananias did. I think that if we do, man, I feel like we'll see life change and world change happen. Number one, he followed the voice of God. And some of you, God's been speaking to you about something, and you've been trying to, you've been trying to qualify the yes by your circumstance. And for me, I tried to make sense of the yes uh, based off my circumstance or my history or my gifting. And I realized that sometimes when God calls you to do something, it sometimes doesn't make sense. God wanted me to go to a place that I had no family at all in Richmond, Virginia. All my family was in either, either Miami or Indiana. We had no family here. And God was telling us to, to go to this random city to plant a church. Yes, God. But God, it doesn't make sense. I don't have enough money. I don't have family with money. Yes, God. But God, I'm not gifted that way. I'm, I'm, I may be a good speaker, but like as far as administratively, as far as leadership, leadership, that's not me. Yes, God. I try to qualify my yes. And some of you, you may be trying to qualify your yes to God. And God just say, just say yes. Just get in the blocks. Allow him to do it. So he followed the voice of God. Number two is that he fellowship with Saul. I love, I love Ananias' first response to Saul. Like, if I was Ananias, it would have been a very emotional moment for me. Number one, because Saul has killed so many of Ananias' people, Christians. It would have been very emotional. I would have walked in and was like, Saul, how could you kill these people? But Ananias' first response should be our response. Number one, what he did, he says, Brother Saul. That's the first thing he said to him. He walked in the door. He saw Saul there isolated and alone because, you know, you know what I'm saying? That that's the world that we live in. They're, they're blinded and they're isolated from the family of God. The reason why we started our church in Richmond, Virginia, because there is a people that are blinded by, by life and by pursuit of false things and blinded and they're isolated. They don't have a family of God. You, I, I can tell you what, outside these four walls, there are, there are millions of people who, who can't see. And we yell at them and we scream at them and we and we put them in certain boxes because they can't see what they can't see. They're alone. And so and so Saul, uh, so Ananias opens the door. and He says, brother Saul, because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he takes your foes and turns them to friends. And, and, and so here's what happened. So he said, brother Saul. I'm so glad, man. I was, I, I was from Miami, Florida. I was one of those crazy kids, y'all. Uh, um, and uh, I wanted to be a rapper, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, and so you, you couldn't tell now, but I had like gold teeth and I had dreads in my hair, right? Come on. Yeah. So um, I remember I went to this, this Assemblies of God church right down the side of the road, uh, Upper Room Assemblies of God. Never forget it. I walked into the youth group 
And and the reason why I only I only went there because there was this elderly guy who, who would come to our high school, Miami Southridge High School, and they would pass out gospel tracts and invites to their youth group. And so I went out and I, 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 we went to the thing because they said, hey, if you come as a first time guest to our youth group, you get free pizza. And and that night we were doing something that we had no business doing. And we had the munchies, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we said, hey, how about we go to the church that has free pizza? And it was Papa John's. It wasn't Little Caesars, right? You know what I mean? Come on. Nowadays, youth, youth ministries cheat. They do Little Caesars. But it was Papa John's, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Alex? So, so, so anyways, I, I go inside there. We had the munchies, I guess, from Papa John's. And I'm so glad that they didn't judge me, coming there smelling all type of way, looking all type of way. Brother Travis, you're welcome. And I'm not sure who you are. I was one of those guys who was blinded and I was isolated. I was like Saul. And I'm not sure like, you know, what God's calling you to do and what area of ministry or what area of leadership that he's calling you. And could be in a church, could be outside of a church, could be in the business world. And I'm not sure where he's calling you, but here's what I do know. That he's calling you to a place and to a people that is isolated and who's blinded. He's calling you to a Saul. And my last point is that not only did he, he follow the voice of God, not only did he, he, he fellowship, but he facilitated one of the greatest healings that we've all seen. He facilitated a work of God. And here's what that means, is that he took, he, he laid hands on, on, uh, on, uh, on Saul, and the Bible says something like scales fell from the eyes of Saul, and he was able to see again. And he facilitated the work of God. I believe this, that God's going to use each one of you to facilitate healing and blind people's life. People who can't not see God. They can't see him. They can't see the gospel of Jesus. And you're going to go out and you're going to live a life that people are going to be able to see a powerful work of God happening through your life. So, so here's the deal. Like, so he, he came and he was still saying, if I was Ananias, I would have been like a type of guy who would have been, would have been saying, I'm the guy who uh, prayed for Saul's life. You know what I mean? I would have been that guy who I would have had a ministry like I pray for Saul ministries, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, and, and no one knows who he is and no one knows where he come from. And the worship team come back up. Um, uh, no one knows who, 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 who he is. And like, he just goes off. Like, I would have started a ministry, and I would have been selling holy water. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like this is the water that I use to lay hands on Saul. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he just drifted out into the nowhere, and we don't ever hear about him, you know? Yeah, y- y'all remember that story when Jesus, he, he fed uh, 5,000 people, and uh, he took a little boy's bag of lunch. And we, we preached many sermons from that, 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 that text, and that's a, that's a great sermon uh, text. You know, you can talk about Jesus, how he could take a little, and he could take a little and bless it and, and feed a lot of people. We can talk about the disciples' faith, who had the faith to walk out in the crowd of thousands of people and to feed them. Great sermons, right? We could talk about a little boy who give the little that he have and just give it unto God. But we rarely hear sermons about the person who packed that boy's lunch that day. Because whoever packed his lunch prepared him for greatness. And I believe that Ananias was a lunch packer. I, I, I believe that Ananias was somebody that we don't really talk about. We love, we love, we love the Apostle Paul and rightfully so. Praise God that God used the Apostle Paul who brought the gospel outside of the, the Jewish world inside the, inside the Gentile nations. And, man, we're, we're, we're recipients of the faith of, of, of the Apostle Paul. And we love that and we celebrate him and we honor him. But, like, no one's talking about this guy behind the scenes, Ananias, 
No one's Instagramming about Ananias in a generation where we want to be the stars, we want to be the shows. I believe this. If people would be so excited about being a lunch packer, that God, you're going to use me, and I'm going to prepare people, and they're going to be in a spotlight. I'm going to be in the background. No one's going to call my name. No one's going to tag me on Facebook. No one's going to tag me on Snapchat or Instagram. I'm just going to be in the background. God's going to use me. What if God raised up a generation who cares less about the recognition and more about the healing and facilitating a move of God? Come on, somebody. And uh, so the cool part here, here's, check this out. If you... Bible study here. So if sometimes you want to know what names means, because sometimes names bring a greater, a greater revelation to the text. And so the name of, of, of Saul, it literally means ask of God. God is asking of that person. And the name of Ananias, it stems from the Hebrew word Hananias, and it, it really means uh, uh, that God has dealt graciously with. God has dealt graciously with. That's what Ananias means. So isn't it awesome that whenever God is asking of somebody, he always connects them with somebody who his grace he has dealt graciously with. Isn't that great? That there's a world out there that he's asking them, he's calling their name. And what he's going to do is that he's going to attach them with you. And what's going to happen is that when the attachment happens, when you go to that school as a teacher, when you go to that business office as a business person, when you go to that medical place as a doctor, as a nurse, when you go to that church as a pastor, when you go to that worship team as a worship leader, when you go to them, God's going to attach you with them and God's going to allow a facilitation of the Holy Spirit to move through you to them and they're no longer going to be blind and they're no longer going to be isolated. God's going to use you. And that's what happened. Richmond, Virginia was a crazy place. I said, God, I never want to plant church in Richmond, Virginia. Take me back to Florida where the weather is good all the time and take me back to California somewhere. Come on, somebody. Richmond, Virginia. And here's why. Because there were some people that God was calling. He was calling that guy named Patrick. He was calling him. He was calling a lady, a lady named Susan, who came and who was, who was agnostic, who didn't want to come to church. He was calling a, a person, a lady in our church who's now one of our worship leaders who, who, who's like an amazing woman of God now. But when, when she first came into our door, she hasn't been to church in 10 years. She said she will never take a step in the church again. And she, we went to her school where she's a teacher at, and we told the teachers that we're here to serve them. And she comes to our church on our first day, and now God is using her in such a powerful way. Here's why. Because God has dealt graciously with me, and he was calling Katie. So he connected the two, and now... God is using her in a massive way. And I'm not sure the names of the people that he's calling you to, but they're blinded and they're isolated and he's calling you with your name on it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it could be church planning. I'm not sure. Maybe you may say, you know what? Hey, I may not be qualified. I, I want to take some next steps and, and we can talk with you afterwards and hang out with you afterwards and tell you our story. Tell you the full story of what God has done. But I remember, man, on that day we launched our church. I was nervous the night before that Saturday night. I couldn't sleep at all. And, man, I was nervous, and I didn't know anybody was going to come. We, we literally had no idea people were going to come. And on that first day, we had 462 people on that first, that first day. And God began to move. And I promise you guys, like, they haven't heard me preach yet. So it wasn't because of, uh, of, a, of a speaker. 
It wasn't because of sermons. It was because somebody, one family, my wife and I, and my two young girls who left their school, left their friends, and we left our church, we moved to the city of Richmond because we said yes. And when we said yes, God began to use us in such a way that we never thought that he can use us. And I'm telling you what, God wants to use you. God wants you to say yes today. Come on, could you stand to your feet today? Come on, can you lift your hands and say yes to God right now, to whatever he's calling you to, to whatever he's calling you to do? Come on, come on, can you say yes to God right now? What he calls you to say, you'll say it. What he calls you to go, you'll go. What he calls you to do, you'll do. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's say yes to God today. Come on, we're gonna sing this chorus for 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, come on, let's sing this chorus. Let's sing this bridge. Come on, let's sing this bridge. Come on, let's sing it out real quick. Come on, come on. Come on, let's sing it out today. Come on, let's say yes to God. Come on, no matter who you are, let's say yes to God. Let the walls come down. All your real quick, real quick, real quick. Let me pray over you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for this generation, God. Lord, I know you're calling them. I know you're calling them to say yes to you, Lord. I pray, God, that even now, God, they may begin to say yes to you, God, and they begin to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, facilitate the work of God, and fellowship with the lost who don't know you, God. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the praise, God. Lord, we give you our lives. We say yes to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap of praise. God bless you. Have a great day in school, y'all. Come on.